You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Perhaps we all have favorites. You have a favorite color. I have a favorite color. You might have a favorite team. Uh, You might have a favorite this or that, favorite song. We probably all do. But I have a favorite Old Testament book. It's the book of Nehemiah. I love that book. 13 chapters. I love the book of Nehemiah. My favorite New Testament book is Philippians, 104 verses in four chapters. The man writes from a jail cell. And he writes things like, I can do all things through Christ. He writes, but my God shall supply all my, my, your need. Uh, it's just such a wonderful book. And then I have a favorite church verse. Uh, it's, it's our verse. It's right here. God gave us this in, in uh, the summer or spring of 1977. Colossians 1, 18, that in all things he might have the preeminence. I have a favorite psalm that I go to the hospital. I believe 17 verses. And through the years, I've read it so many times. I've memorized Psalm 86. Bow down thine ear, O Lord, and hear me. I'm poor and needy. I like it when it goes to verse 7. In the day of my trouble, and here's a person lying in a hospital bed. In the day of my trouble, I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods, like there are none unto thee, O Lord. I love that psalm. It's my favorite hospital psalm. I love the story, my favorite Old Testament story. Maybe you have one is Joseph. In chapter 37 in the book of Genesis through 50, especially when he gets to 45, when he says to his brothers that betrayed him, I am Joseph, your brother. Ooh, I love that chapter. And I love, I love the book of Proverbs. My favorite proverb is Proverbs 23, Proverbs 23. It's just a tremendous, talks about everything in life, about money, riches, and, and children, and uh, serving God, and work, and alcohol, and staying away from it. I, I just love the chapter. I, I love Third John, verse 4. Uh, once in a while, I feel awkward, but someone will say, will you sign my Bible, Pastor? And that does always make me feel awkward. But for our college students, and for our church family, I write, done it for 40-some years, 3 John 4. I have no greater joy than to hear my children walk in truth. That's our verse. I, if I'm out preaching in a church, I don't give them that verse. I give them Romans 12, 2, be not conformed to this world, be transformed. Everyone has favorites. Perhaps you don't have a favorite chapter in the book of Acts, but I have a favorite chapter. It's this chapter, chapter 20. And today we embark upon nine messages from chapter 20. Now, if I lose your attention, it's because it's lost my attention. So if I only go two weeks or three weeks, but I've got it all ready for nine weeks, Sunday morning, Sunday night. And I'm so very excited about this. In the back of your bulletin, you don't need to turn there right now, there's a map. You'll see that map. And the reason for that is because we're going to Macedonia this morning. And I want you to see where Macedonia is. Maybe this afternoon you can take a look. And you can see the modern-day countries. Over here, you'll see on your map to the left is Italy. So you get some bearings. Down here is at the bottom, it's Egypt. You can get some bearings uh, over, over here. And it gives the various countries in the map that I gave you in Bible time as Paul was taking his journey. You know, I have a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful globe in my office over there. It's just one of those just beautiful globe. 
But you know, I was looking at this week, the thing that burns me up about that globe, they have all the countries of the world, but they won't list Israel. Jerusalem is not listed. Yeah, well, brother, you're not a kid. No, no Israel on there. You know why the world hates Israel? Because they hate God. God's going to rule and reign one day for a thousand years right there in Jerusalem. And so I love Jerusalem. God says we're to pray for the peace of Israel. God says I'll bless those that bless Israel. I'll curse those that curse Israel. So that's why we support people to Israel as missionaries. And today, yeah, I'm having a good time already. Chapter 20, verse 1. And after the uproar was ceased, Paul called unto him the disciples and embraced them and departed to go to where? Macedonia. Macedonia is an entire region. You'll see it in the map this afternoon if you'll take a look at it. If the message gets boring, you can look at it during the message. And when he had gone over those parts and had given them much exhortation, much encouragement, he came into Greece. You'll see that on the map. And there abode there three months, and the Jews laid wait for him. As he was about to sail to Syria, he purposed to return through Macedonia. Go, if you will, to chapter 16, because chapter 16 introduces Macedonia to us. This morning, I'm speaking to us about this subject, a Macedonian moment. A Macedonian moment. God is going to give you a moment to make a decision. You know, life pivots, life hinges on individual decisions we make, and sometimes we think it's minor, and it turns out to alter an entire family. It alters an marriage for good, for bad. Most of the time, it seems like what I have witnessed after passing the same church 46 years, I've seen that people have made a Macedonian decision. Sometimes you sit there thinking, that is the wrong decision. Don't do it. And it always proves to be a wrong decision. I'd love to be proved wrong. Some of you are going to make a decision this summer. It's going to be a Macedonian wrong decision. Paul had to come to a point that he had to get on God's page. He did not want to be on God's page. You'll see it. He had another agenda. It was a, a spiritual agenda, a godly agenda, a good agenda, taking the gospel. But God said, no, I have a different agenda for you. You know why people destroy their lives? We run to the beat of our own drum. We do what we want to do, and sometimes we even do it, pastors, spiritually. Well, God dealt with me. God spoke to me. God moved me. God helped me. God gave me guidance on this. Uh, I'm thinking sometime, uh, it's sort of like the guy told me years ago, he was in adultery, and he said, God led me to this. No, God did not lead you to adultery. And so here in chapter 16, in the book of Acts, we find when, when he came to Derby and Lystra, behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish and believed, but his father was a Greek. His father was unsaved. And Macedonia, this region that we're going to get to in verse number six in just a moment, is an entire re region, and it becomes a turning point in human history. 
A lady in verse 14 by the name of Lydia is in Europe and she is going to get saved. But had Paul not gone to Europe to take the gospel to Europe, she would have been lost. See, individual decisions oftentimes become not only a turning point for, uh, for we as individuals, but for countries and for the world. There's some turning points going on right now in some of these countries. All these different presidents and all these different things that are happening and happening in countries of the world. One of our good missionaries wrote me this past week from a, I won't give you the undisclosed country. It's a communist country, largest in the world. And he said, we cannot leave our apartment unless daily, because they have a zero tolerance policy with COVID. They said, we will not be free until there's zero cases reported. And so if you leave your apartment, you have to have a test every day, and it has to be on your phone, and it has to prove you have the test, that you test it negative. You cannot go to a shop, you cannot go to a store, you cannot go to the market, you cannot get on the train, you cannot have transportation, you cannot be out at the playground, you cannot go anywhere unless daily, seven days a week, you have a test. And they've been trying to get back to the States to have a surgery, and if you're trying to get back in, for the last month, they've been trying to have two, have to have two tests a day shows up on their phone. We are living in a controlled society. And if you think, well, we're gonna get past this, we're not getting past this. This has been set up that this is a way of life and people are buying into it. And one day you're not gonna be able to buy or sell unless you have the mark of the beast. That's Bible, ladies and gentlemen. Here God had a plan and God's plan was a Macedonian moment. Notice what he says, in verse number six, and when they had gone throughout Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Ghost to preach the word in Asia. That's a strange thing. Paul wanted to go to Asia to preach the gospel. If he had gone Paul's way, he would have gone to Asia, he would have gone to Africa, he would have gone to China and they would have been the America and the Europe. But God in his providence had a desire to get the gospel to come westward. And God had it so that they would move into Europe and move into uh, England and move into London and move across the ocean and landed on the East Coast and came to the Midwest and came to the, the, the chain of Christianity always moves westward in the Bible. I don't understand it, but that's God's way. By the way, politically, we moved westward. In 1760, on the East Coast, we had George Washington. One hundred years later, in 1860, from Illinois, we had Abraham Lincoln. One hundred years later, from California, we had Richard Nixon. Uh, the, the way the nation was founded was east to Midwest to the west. That's just the way God has done it. I don't know why. One day, when the journey through heaven, one day we may want to ask them. But God had a plan. And because of that plan, maybe he knew that, that, uh, that Asia and China and Africa would drop the ball. But I tell you, the place that's been the sending station for the gospel around the world first started in England and in Europe. And then it came here, and America has been the sending station, getting the gospel back to those countries that were 
neglected or the countries that Paul wanted to go and they never got the gospel. We've sent missionaries there. All over Africa, we have missionaries today. In China, we have missionaries today. In Hong Kong, we have missionaries today. In the nations of the world, we have missionaries today because God has allowed America to be a sending station. Why? There came a Macedonian moment in Paul's life and we accept it. We'll get there. Notice what he says. And after they were come into Messiah, they essayed to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit suffered them not. Not only were they forbidden, but the Spirit of God says, no, you cannot go. I want you to know that first of all, I see in a Macedonian moment, there's closed doors. There's closed doors. And when God closes a door, don't try to open them. Paul said of the gospel when he got there to where he was going, an open door for me to declare the mysteries of the gospel of Jesus Christ. God gave an open door, but God also had a shut door. Don't you force a wedding if God is not in that wedding. Well, I'm X amount of years old and I'm lonely. I want to get married. No, don't get married if the door is closed. Now, God will send somebody. I like what Ms. Treber says that, that uh, he's God, Adam didn't go looking for a wife. God brought one to him. You're in a good place to look for a wife. He said, I've been here for three years and still can't find one. I'm going to the next place. No, wait on God. When God closes, he'll open a door. Well, I don't like it financially here. Well, God, don't, don't, maybe there's someplace else, but, but don't go forever money. Money should never ever be the motiv- motivating factor. I know that these men on our staff, I think everyone in our faculty and our staff, and I don't think anybody ever made a decision about coming here based on money because we didn't tell them money first. I went to two churches with an assistant pastor, came here when this church was 20 people. Six months old, I never asked him how much we'd get. Never had that was you never asked me one time what you're gonna get. I imagine your rent and where you were at, I'm, I'm rent nothing. You were buying a house. I imagine it was probably about four hundred, five hundred dollars a month. Well, God bless you to ten times more of that right around here. Why'd he come? Why why'd the men come and they sold houses to come here to rent houses? Why is Brother Oxidine over here, he's been on our staff for 22, 3, 4, 5 years, had a great position with the United States government and Air Force. And they kept coming to him after he joined our staff. He's in our college vice president. Why did they keep coming and say, hey, here's what we can do for you. And you talk about a, he had an opportunity. He could be living in an easy street. But instead they rented the same house for all these years. Why? Because God shut that door. Because he knew God opened a door. When God shuts a door, don't try to open it. God said no. God forbid. God can't do that. I, I'm hesitant to say this because it always stirs up something. People ask me almost every day, but certainly several times a week, when are you going to call it quits? When are you done? When the Spirit of God tells me. When God tells me. And isn't it amazing how Right now, if you're, if you're not, I heard Brother Cooper speaking. I'm not saying he's the next pastor. I don't know who's the next pastor. Could be my wife. Who knows? She'd be a good one. I'm just saying this. 
I get to come to Wednesday night church and he preaches every Wednesday and I sit here with my wife and that service last Wednesday night, if you're missing Wednesday night, we've been on a series on faith. And I'm telling you what, he said, let every head be bowed and every eye closed. He preached and all five of these aisles, people were just pouring down here. You know what, God, he said, was it a marathon? It could be, but it's not. It's about an hour service. But here's what happens. God comes and shows up. God knows when to open a door and when to close it. I can tell you a lot of preachers on Monday morning, I can tell you more than one, that Monday morning they preached all day Sunday, had a heart attack in their office and died. Well, guess what? That happens to me tomorrow morning. You're going to have to get another preacher in a few weeks here. It'll happen. But don't ask me to force the door and, when, and, and don't, don't you think we've got to force it. God has it planned. God knows what he's doing in your life. God knows what he's doing in your home and your marriage. This is somewhat sacred. But we got married in 1972. And God took us into the ministry full time. It was a wonderful journey. Then God brought us here so many years ago. But you know, year one, no baby. Year two, no baby. Year three, no baby. Year four, no baby. Year five, no baby. Year six, no baby. And we would pray for a baby, but never, never, you know, God had a plan. And one month shy of the seventh year of wedding, our, our marriage, God gave us a girl. She's a pastor's wife today. She has five children. One's already graduated from high school. The other one graduates next week from high school, and they got these five kids. You know, God worked that out. And we determined we were not going to have a mood swing or a pity party or a drama. I don't know what God's doing. God has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your family. God has a plan for your career. And when you come to a Macedonia moment and God shuts the door, God shut the door. You can't go where you want to go, Paul. You want to go there? God shut the door. Leave that shut door with God. Don't break the door down. I see a closed door. I see a call. Verse 9. The vision appeared to Paul in the night, and there stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him, begged him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. I think of the amazing staff that God has given to us that God has sent here to help us. I think of that man who 19 years pastored the same church and I remember when about 20 years ago or plus you, grad, you and your wife graduated from Bible college here. They, they had it made. They were out in the country, beautiful uh, seven acres I think over there, eight acres and they had a house and it was so easy to come where it's not easy. They came for us. How he has taken the helm of that college and and, and Brother Pastor Everson has loved the staff and lo loved the faculty and loved the administration and worked with them and loved the parents and lo loved the student body and loved the alumni and his wife. And they are nonstop entertaining people, have them in their house and love them and care for them. You know, God raised them up. Yeah, you can say, no, I shut the door. I'm not going to the Silicon Valley. But the Silicon Valley needed him. 
He has a quality like I've seen in no one else. They, all these men have qualities. As you spoke today, I thought, I'm so blessed to have him at that school. Yeah. This man here in the publications in the Sunday school. This man here in the food services. <laughs> Yoga class. <laughs> Yoga class. <laughs> we couldn't make it without Brother Martinez, a preacher, a soul winner, a singer, caring for people, loving people, caring for the sick in our church, going as we can get into hospitals, in nursing homes. God, bless him, could not make it without his joyful, cheerful spirit. Brother Flood, born here, raised here, fourth generation here on, on his, in his family. Dad saved here. Dad and mother married. Oh, I think got three children in the home. And what he does, in, you can't just say he's a bus director. Oh, no, that's just one little percentage of what he does around here. I can't make it without Brother Cooper. Can't make it without. God knows. And here, come over to help us. We sing, there's a call comes ringing. For the restless wave, send the light. Send the light, their souls to rescue. Their souls to save. Send the light. You like that stanza too? (laughs) There's a a call comes ringing, the Macedonian call, they sing it. Uh, and, And the song says, we have heard the Macedonian call today. Send the light. Our missionaries, we have about 150 of them. They're having it so hard. I mean, you think we're still restricted. We're not restricted. They, they are still under so much. So much they can't, I think of one man. I think he's living on the eighth floor with four kids. He's been in that particular country all these years. And they are in except for two days a week. The wife can go out one day and he can go out one day. So hard. No refrigerator. One of the largest cities in the world. I just want you to come back home. Come and teach in our college for a year. You're a graduate. You love the Lord. Why don't you come teach for a year and then we'll figure out a church to get you in. You can pastor in the States. He said, Pastor, that may be the future. I don't know what God has, but right now there's not an open door. God has us here. I've loved speaking to him on the phone from time to time and emailing because God put us here. I'm tired of hearing people say, well, it's so hard here in California. Well, why do you think God put you here in California? Largest state in the union that needs the goodness. Well, if we can get a different governor, well, you're probably not. So maybe you have to live under Nero. Maybe you have to live, uh, there there wasn't great politicians in Paul's day. Come over and help us. God's people had all the missionaries uh, listed at men's prayer last night. Why? That we might pray for these people that are on these foreign soils trying to get the gospel to the world. It's amazing how many Muslims are coming to know Christ through COVID. It's amazing on these mission fields. Hindus are coming to Christ Atheists are coming to Christ. God-haters are coming to Christ. Maybe maybe uh, God, in his wisdom, has allowed this thing called COVID to drive us to our knees. So I met downstairs in this auditorium a week ago Wednesday night with the graduates from our Bible college. And the place was filled down there with these graduates. I said, tell me, what did God do in your life these last four years? What, how did God deal with you? And some of you were in there and... The first one said, I, I'm so grateful that we had COVID. 
my college experience was going online, have to watch it, and then coming back here and have, have forbidden to go in the buildings and had to meet in the tents. Oh, it was so cold. It was cold. They brought blankets. They made coats. Oh, so we had fire pits and we had heaters. In fact, we were out there trying to teach out in the tents. You know that's true. And cold, I'd see them, and my heart was so broken. And they said that was, that was the most wonderful moment, one after one. I love the fact that we had got to go through COVID. How about those days that when they said we couldn't meet in here, we preached at an empty auditorium. That wasn't working. We didn't, you didn't like sitting at home. And so we said, well, we can meet outside. And we began to drive in these parking lots. And the men and women of this church work so fast. They run us electricity and, 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 and live stream and all the different things and the cameras and put tents up everywhere. We went and bought every, every tent we could buy. We bought every heater we could buy. We bought every one of those uh, 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 cabinets where you had heaters in them. And, and we went out there and we even said, go ahead and bring your Starbucks if you like. It was wonderful. And the singing and the shouting and the honking of the horn. And oh, guys, people said, beep, 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 honk, honk, honk. It was amazing. It was just amazing. I wouldn't trade it for anything. I'm glad in my lifetime I got to live through that. God closed the door one area. But let me tell you something. He's opened another door. Come over here and help us. I see there is a call, and I see there is a closed door. I see there is a commitment to be made, verse 10. And when he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go to Macedonia. But I'm praying. God wants me to be a tither. Well, I'm praying about it. No, I would immediately become a tither. God wants me to be a soul winner. Well, you don't pray about it. You go do it. Well, I'm going to start maybe becoming more faithful to church. No, you don't pray about that. You just obey God and do it. Forsake not the assembly of yourselves together. Their obedience, their response, their commitment, they obeyed. And what did they do? They went out to help people and to preach the gospel. I tell you what's working today is not seminars at church and dance bands at church. I'm not talking about you can't, some of you, you can get a crowd, but the crowd, that's what we're going for, a crowd? Yeah. Go ahead. We're not, we're not, Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church and the gates of hell uh, will not prevail again. It's, it's not my job to build the church, it's my job to preach the word. It's a Greek word, keruk, which means to lift your voice and publicly declare with authority, thus saith the Lord. This is not going to become an overhead projector saying, or whatever you call them nowadays. Uh, well, point one, if you'll see this, today we want to talk about your emotional traumas in life. I'm not talking about emotional traumas in life. I'm talking about, oh, what a Savior. He's the answer. I see I'm out of time, but I want you to see the commission and from thence to Philippi, which is the chief city, that part of Macedonia, a colony. And that city abiding certain days, and on the Sabbath we went out to the city by the riverside to pray, where prayer was wont to be made. We sat down. And guess what happened? They found a lady seeking God. And they said, we're going to go soul and we're going to do what we can. There's pivotal moments, righteousness, unrighteousness. Alcohol, no alcohol. Drugs, no drugs. Purity, 
immorality, humility, pride, surrender, rebellion, salvation, rejection. Isn't it amazing? The Bible says today is the day of salvation, not tomorrow. Today is the day to get saved. All of us are at Macedonian moments in our life. Some of you are starting the journey and some are at the, this end of the journey. I, I don't want to die as a grump. I don't want to die drama and moody and upset. I want to die one day praising God. Hearing this choir sing. Hearing Brother Martinez sing and lead the music. Having a Brother Everson open us in prayer. Having these men preach. And the men of our church are out here and other men that preach. You know, God has put it together. Some of our staff, I forget who it was, but it was just yesterday or the day before we were talking. Isn't it amazing what God has done for us at this time? We're a unit. We're a family. We're a team. And we cheer on one another. Well, can so-and-so out-preach you? Well, sure they can. Brother Cooper can speak faster than I can think. <laughs> but he's missing what I have. I tell you what, I've got what he doesn't have. I'm bald. <laughs> I have the joy of having arthritis. You name it, I've got it. You, you don't know that yet, but you'll come along in time. I love what God's doing in my life. I love it. Amen. Yes, Brother and Mrs. Van Dyke, you're at a Macedonian moment. And you are an amazing example to all of us. Amen. Amen. And you young couples, they're just getting married. You're at a Macedonian moment. And you seniors in high school that are graduating next a week from Wednesday, you're at a Macedonian moment. Don't kick the door down for your will because there's somebody that needs you. Come over to Macedonia and help us. Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And our Father, today, I know you've been here this morning. I sense it. And I sense it right from the beginning, that choir and the specials, the things that Brother Cooper said today. I just sense you here, God. What Brother Poussin said to us your touch is evidently here. God, we're, many, we're all at Macedonian moments. We make a decision that our life is going to hinge and pivot from that decision. The longer we've been here, I'm so very grateful that in the hard days we anchored here. This was your will for our life, and this is your will. And so, God, may we not make foolish decisions that our children and our grandchildren will regret. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.